welcome back to a slightly delayed and a slightly croaky What the Fuck Sunderland review show. It was a topsy-turvy, maybe we should have won, maybe we got sort of lucky kind of game at the Riverside as Sunderland left North Yorkshire with a 1-1 draw against Middlesbrough. And as always, we're here to uh, look over the action and review sort of the talking points of the day. But uh, since I was at the game and then at a gig, Hence my voice, and all the other boys are at work this morning. I'm lucky enough to be joined by the one and only Dave Lawrence. Dave, how are you today, mate? You okay? Yeah, very well, mate. Thanks. Yeah, good. Uh, good to have a chat and reflect on yesterday. But um, yeah, slightly croaky myself. Not because I've been to a gig. Shout on the side of a football pitch on Saturday. And, uh, it catches up with you. I can't decide whether this is the first time we've had. The one-on-one chat, shall we say, where we haven't been beat. Because when we realised it was only me and you that could do the review show, our instant reaction was, well, we're going to get beat. Um, I don't think we've ever been on together when we haven't lost. But correct me if I'm wrong. No, I, I, I don't recall it either. It normally is us picking the bones out of why we're so miserable. Um, but no, it should be a, a, a little bit more positive today, hopefully. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, 1-1 draw, Middlesbrough, as we said in the, the intro. We're now almost 24 hours after the results, so probably it's a bit more time than we usually give ourselves to digest things. How are you feeling about the result? Yeah, I think the the professionals have, have called it, haven't they? They've said it draws a, a fair result. And I think we've we've probably we've probably got to go along with that. Borough definitely had the better of the second half and, and kind of moved themselves up 20 yards up the pitch and put us in a bit of trouble. Both trying to keep the ball on the deck, play football the proper way, inverted commas. And yeah, yeah, there's some positives. There's there's definitely some glaring negatives, if that's what you want to call them. I think, I think people like Job looks a little bit off the pace and I don't quite understand why we keep persevering with them. But there must be something in the data somewhere with he's running off the ball or something like that. But he just looks a bit leggy to me. And and that's a shame um, because we've definitely been an advocate of the last two years, I suppose it is now, of saying we know that these guys are kids. We know that they need a little bit of a breather and we we know that they need a bit of TLC and he doesn't seem to be getting it. But for for as much as that was a negative, I think there was definitely plenty of other positives there as well. New boy at the left back and we're saying it's not his favourite position. Thought he looked very classy. Um, yeah, plenty of positives, I think. Yeah, it does feel like there's a few positives out of it. There is negatives, but I think, I don't know if it's um, papering over cracks or if it's teething issues and we're starting to see some light at the end of the tunnel under the new head coach. But um, it's an odd one because at half time, I'm thinking we should be 2 0 up. Like, I'm thinking, I mean, I'm not thinking everyone knows Barn needs to score that goal. We'll come on to it a bit later on, the actual chance. Um, but I felt like we had the better of the play. I felt like Clark, he was damaging them. I felt Barr was damaging them, to be fair. And I thought we went in at half time, probably a bit unlucky not to be one or two up. But then I also feel like we were like horrendously narrow, which is a real worry for me because I've seen that before with Beals teams that their fullbacks get a little bit exposed and you could see it throughout the game yesterday. And then I think in the second half, they sort of clicked onto that. And the issue you have is once they click onto how exposed our fullbacks were, 
they started really getting at us and they were definitely the better side second half. And yet, lo and behold, that was the half that we we scored the goal in. So, I mean, you said before you think it's a fair result. One thing I would ask, Dave, is before the game, not knowing how it was going to go, would you have took the point? Is that a point gained rather than two points dropped because of the chances we missed first half? I think... Um... I think talking in WhatsApp group yesterday, I think Ross has bought into my my great philosophy on it's it's all about the result after. So, you know, considering we didn't get our goals in the first half, <clears throat> excuse me, didn't get our goals in the first half, we've we've let Borough back in and and they've definitely been the better team in the second half, and we've had to show a bit of character, a little bit of kind of resolve in in getting back from one 0 down. If if on Saturday we win, um, is it Saturday? We got midweek Saturday, yeah. Um, then it then it's a, a point gained and four points. It, it's your it's your golden two points a game, and and you're doing well. Obviously, if we if we end up getting beat on Saturday, then all of a sudden you're looking at that first half where you know. You said we're going to mention it in a bit. The one that's come across from the left, and, and Clark's done ever so well. And and Barter, you know, it's just put your foot through the ball, just smash it, man. <laughs> just you, you three yards out, just smash the ball. You've only got the centre half or full back to, to beat on the line. Yeah, and that comes back and haunts you, doesn't it? Because it could be a completely different game at one 0 up. Um, so I think it all depends on on next Saturday. If if we win, four points from two games is great. If we if we lose or draw, two points from two games, you're probably going to see you've missed a good chance to go away from home and, and take three points. Really, I mean, if you take the even if you take the um, the Stoke game in, win next week and you get seven points out of out of three games or seven points out of nine is, is great and can't be argued with, no matter what your thoughts are on. You know, um, the head coach at the moment, which we will get into, which is still a conversation. I think that's happening. Um, whereas if you lose or you draw five or four points out of a potential nine, is yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it proves that the last two games could have potentially been sticky back plasters, but we don't know. Um, as it is at the moment, one real positive for me from the game yesterday, you're touching them already. Um, there was a couple of new faces in the squad, a couple of returning players, but Leo Yelder played at left-back, I think offered us loads of balance. Um, I didn't really, I've got to be honest and say I've never seen him before. I know his dad scored at the Stadium Light for Nottingham Forest in 97, which makes me feel really old because that was a year that I had a season ticket. Um, but the young boy came in, he looks massive. He looked really classy. He looked like he adapted to the way that we play really well looked like he linked up really well with Jack Clark I don't know if he's played with Jack Clark before I don't know if the right leads together I genuinely don't know the answer to that um, but it looked like there might have been because they adapted so well I thought he was really solid defensively he offered an option going forward he looked fast and strong and it oddly looks like we might have another decent fullback on our hands which we've got loads of that just always get injured but um, were you as impressed with Yelder as, as I was because I know you said before you thought he looked he looked decent yeah I, I think I think everything you've just said just reiterate it um, I really liked his technique he just looks like a very accomplished footballer um, 
I kind of reserved judgment when we signed him. Yes, I realise we're, we're not signing kind of Lionel Messi, but there, there is, there is, um, there is plenty of data to back up the signings nowadays. We, we've got to give them their credit where it's due, and it looks like they might have unearthed a, a gem. And it, it's probably, it's probably that type of signing that we've that we've been missing a little bit. He's been in English football for a while. He's at a big club. He he's going to have that chip on his shoulder where he wants to prove something, isn't he? He's um, you know, he probably thinks he's ready for first team football, and we probably can't argue too much after after Saturday because he, sorry, Sunday, yeah, he, uh, he he definitely looks very accomplished to me, and I think there's probably bits in what you saw of his game where you think, tell you what, if he goes to send her off alongside a Ballard, maybe in the future, this is in the future, but. He's got the pace to get himself out of trouble when you're playing big pitch, expansive football. He's left-footed, which gives you a nice balance to the pitch. Um, he looks big. He looks physical as well. And he's obviously copied your haircut. So, I mean, I'm all for it. Absolutely all for it. I noticed that yesterday. I was like, oh, nice style there, son. Um, probably a slightly better... Um, all round luck from Leo Yelda, if I'm completely honest, but he should be professional and free. Um, I wanted to discuss a little bit about talking of Yelda. I want to stick with it. Now, I'm not saying that I want this, but he said in his um, he said in his post match that he's more of a left sided centre half. Now, when I watched the game yesterday, if I'm talking about negatives. I felt we were like horrendously narrow and I said before, it worries me a little bit. I don't know if this would resolve it, but the 4-3-3, we actually looked a little bit better going forward. We did against Stoke and we looked a bit better going forward yesterday. It was a little bit more excitement going forward, but I feel, although it was boring, you know how we were talking about we had a bit more of that defensive steel under Beal, i.e. it was boring. We sat back a little bit too much for our like and, and didn't get forward as much. I feel with the 4-3-3, we look a bit more susceptible defensively. I thought Stoke had a few chances last week where if that goes in the back of the net and maybe changes the game, just as it is, Stoke are not very good. And I thought yesterday, Middlesbrough really got it to stand the wings and it looked like Hume and Yelda were a bit exposed. And if they both didn't have good games, then it's maybe a different result. With Yelda being there, would it stop that sort of narrowness and would it be a better setup if we went to a back three or do we just need to make sure that our our fullbacks are getting a bit more support? Because at the minute, it looks a little bit too narrow for me and that does concern me. Yeah, I, th- I think there's there's probably been conversations behind closed doors of... of, of, of there's got to be. I mean... There's been so so many times under certain regimes that we that we haven't had Plan B. I'm not even sure we've had Plan A with some of them. To be fair, um, but yeah, it it has. I mean, three three ball playing centre halves. If just because of the way it's been with a back four or nine Ballard and yelled, it, if, yeah, you kind of you could see it working, um, especially. Especially, but without trying to be negative, because I, I wanted to be positive this week. 
this is a midfield that probably needs addressing because when you when you if you're going to go order a back three, your wing backs inverted commas are going to become like a clock and uh, potentially whoever else on the other side. You need your midfield to kind of go side to side and cover them a little bit. Have we got them defensive midfielders capable of of protecting the wide areas? Probably not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Equar Neil Neil does it well, but I certainly not. You just want him further up, though, don't you? With Neil, like that, that's yeah. the thing. It's getting to a point with Daniel where if Daniel put in the performance that he's put in last week and this week, maybe last season, it would have been like a talking point. Like, oh, how good was Daniel? But I feel like no matter what happens every week, Daniel's just class. And there's yep. a lot of chat about Clarky in that. And look, we'll come on to Clarky because it's another goal. I think it's the first goal since September we scored away from home. That wasn't scored by Jack Clark, but who got the assist? Um, <laughs> and I don't like asking that question, where would we be without Jack Clark? Because it's a completely stupid question, in my opinion. Because we are not without Jack Clark. We scouted him, bought him, and then played him. So therefore, um, we're not without Jack Clark. Like, where would football be if we had no goalkeepers? I don't know, because we've got goalkeepers. Um, it's a bit of a mute question, but I think, you know, the going about Jack Clark and yeah, he's a massive worry that we'd lose him again this evening if we don't go up. And I think I'll pretty much bet my house on the fact that he will if we don't. And I'm not sure whether we're going to go up at all or even get in the playoffs at the minute. But I do think um, when you're looking at our team, the most important part of it is Dan Neal. I think if you take Dan Neal out that midfield, like we've seen, I think it was, was a stoke away where we got beat 2-1 under Mowbray when Daniel was suspended because of his red card. That midfield, and it's no um, detriment to Equa, who I do actually like, although I think he's been he's had a bit of a topsy-turvy season. I just think that midfield falls apart without Daniel, whether you have him defensively, offensively or whatever. And I'd love to see someone, and I know it's a mute point because, well, we're past the transfer window now, but I would have loved to see someone like in the Corey Evans mould. Um, hopefully he's back at some point soon. No update on that whatsoever. Um, that would allow Daniel to get further forward, but we are having to play Daniel more defensively because I think he is the best of the two, isn't he? It, kind of holding the ball and I don't know I just feel like Daniel's better further up the pitch for me Daniel's very much an eight yeah definitely I, I think I think he's the one who who kind of I think ultimately he just understands football really well I think he's got an old head on young shoulders um, he reads the game really well and I think that's that's probably the reason that he's the one with responsibility defensively um, totally understandably as well but I do, I, I do see glimpses when he's further forward of that little reverse pass inside fullbacks and and things, and I, I definitely think there's something from an attacking viewpoint there. Um, of course, we have got um, we have got Harry Styles to come back in, so um, you know who who knows how he gets on. I think the one thing about Styles from reading up on. He's definitely another fit get around the pitch midfielder. So it'll be interesting to see what his defensive responsibilities are if and when he breaks into the team. Um, and yeah, I, I can't wait for the one direction celebration if and when he scores a screamer, to be fair. I think, you know, you've got to try styles in midfield, but um, if it doesn't work, we'll just keep it. 
as it was. Um, fantastic, brilliant. That's exactly what we were planning for. Fantastic. Um, one more thing before going to listeners' questions, and then we'll go into the good, the bad, and the hmm. But we haven't even touched on it yet. Rusin hasn't just scored one goal for Sunderland now. He scored two goals for Sunderland now, um, and also scored two during the week for the under-21s. I wanted to ask you your opinions on Rusin, but I'll give mine really quickly. I really like him. Um, it feels like there's a making of a cult hero there. He's kind of unassuming. I don't think any other striker that we've got on the team takes the shot and he takes yesterday. Do I think the goalkeeper should be doing better? If I'm a Bora fan, I'm wanting to tear his head off because what is the keeper doing there? Um, but he took the gamble, he took the chance, he found the space and I felt he showed so much grit and determination. I think I think Roberts really improved us when he came on. It's great to see Roberts back and maybe there's a question about Roberts or Barr, but we're going to come on that with some listener questions. Um, but I do feel like Rusin coming on and tangling a bit with Luke Aylin and got a smack in the face. It it just was a bit more. Like for me, I was really happy to see Bursto score last week. For me, he's I I I wouldn't start him. Um, I thought he was invisible again yesterday. And look, there was a point with the likes of, and I'm not comparing him to, I think it's a very different era of time. It's a very different era of player. But there was times when you were like, Altador scored against Chelsea, I think. And people went, oh, maybe, maybe this is it. This may be the catalyst. And it wasn't. And I, I just don't feel like Burstow's going to score any more than a maximum of three this season, including the one he's already got. And maybe that's just where he is in his career, but I don't feel like Burstow's anywhere near what we need or, or what he needs, to be honest. Um, and I would much rather start the boy that we paid, what, 2 million, 2.5 million for? That's ours. And seems to be a bit more of a striker that can score a goal than the other ones are. I'd probably prefer to play him here at the minute, if I'm completely honest, and my end is away to Hibs. But I felt Rusin yesterday really made a difference. I think if we just click on the fact that he's not someone with his back to goal, that should hold the ball up and bring other people into play and just try and get Clark, Ian Roberts, or Barr, whoever it may be, running at the defence and slipping him in. That seemed to be Rusin's game. Like Both of his goals have come from him just being in the box. Well, yes, it was outside the box, technically. Um, but these first goals, him being in the box, sniffing the goal out, great finish. Yesterday, finding him like just on the edge of the area, going for the shot, getting it put in the back of the net. And I think, I definitely think there's something there with Rusin. And I really like that everyone's like chatting to him, Rusin, 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 yesterday. And he was sort of walking off the pitch and he noticed they were singing and he was like, oh, brilliant. And like clapped him. Um, I understand his wife's over with him now as well, which is... It's going to be great for him. Look, I think it's hard enough when a player comes from abroad and in a foreign league and adapting to what is it, a really tough league, a really different league, a really competitive league and a completely different club to what he's probably used to. I think it's even harder coming from the situation he's come from. Look, we all know what's going on in Ukraine at the moment. And we're touching that after the Preston game, I think, when he scored and said it must be increasingly hard just to play football and play your trade when you, your wife and your children and your family's not with you. And I think he's starting to show exactly why we brought him in. Um, and I definitely persevere with Rusin. I feel within the fan base, not just because he scored yesterday, I felt like before this, there's a feeling throughout the fan base, and obviously there'll be people with different opinions, but that 
the one we should persevere with is Rusin because he's the best of the lot. Um, but basically what I'm saying is I really like Winaz. I actually really like him. And I think we should persevere with him. And I think he's your number nine. And I think he'll score seven by the end of the season. What were your thoughts on Rusin yesterday? Yeah, I think I think the out of everything you've just said, the one bit that I like about him, if you look at Hamia and Burstow, you're probably looking at natural wingers crossing the ball in and then letting them create havoc in the box. That's obviously something Sunderland haven't done for quite some time. We've um, we've had everyone's going to hate me, but I, lo- I love you, Roscoe. I love you, love you, miss you. Um, he, he was so intelligent with his running in behind those channels when Clark is on the ball, when Roberts is on the ball and they've got that little reverse pass down the side to then go and join in with Ross Stewart. I do actually see a bit of that in Rusin. There's definitely, definitely something there. I think he's quite a tenacious character as well, just judging by how he moves on the pitch and, and what he does. And it was the Newcastle game. I was actually really impressed with him against the Mags because he had no chance. I mean, Newcastle's back four, three of the back four are huge. Botman, Shaw and Byrne. It's a joke. And he still put himself about. He still, for the first 20 minutes, you know, kind of had a little bit of success to a degree. So, yeah, I'm all for it. I think he's intelligent in his movement. I think he's tenacious. He's obviously getting a bit of confidence from somewhere. The one the one thing we do need is a few extra goals because he was very stiff in his celebration yesterday. He needs a few more, get his confidence up and let them... Uh, yeah, no, I, I can, I, I tell you what, I'm going to ask Paddy Power what the odds are on a Rusin um, robot by the end of the season because I reckon he's got it in the logger. He... He, when he scored, he looked like he was like, eh, what do I do? I'll do, what does Mbappe do? Ah, he does that. And like, honestly, even then he, like, he's going off the pitch, everyone was like proper chanting for him. And he, he seemed to like not click for ages. Then it, I think he noticed that we were singing his name and chanting his name. And he went, oh, um, thanks. And it's like, he, he's so awkward, but like there's something really endearing about him. Um, and for me, yeah, you know, long story short, I think we should persevere with him without a shadow of a doubt. He's the best we've got. Um, someone asking, I, I'm, I don't want to gloss over it. We'll stick at it whilst I'm, I'm here. But one of the listeners' questions were, is he is he actually good or is he the best of a bad bunch? Um, I don't think he's the best of a bad bunch. I think he is actually quite good. I think he's, his movement and stuff, like you touched on before, looks a bit more like a striker. I think we just need to learn that he's not going to give you what maybe the likes of Ross Stewart does or, or what Hamir maybe was. I don't think he's he's got a good leap on him, but I think you want him to be leaping, to be attacking balls coming into the box as opposed to be like leaping to just hold it up and, and fire it on. I think we need to learn that he's this kind of striker that will play off the shoulder. Um, he's more in the def- Defoe mould, I think, that kind of play. I mean, obviously not in the same class because Defoe's first time round, Defoe's like one of the best I've ever seen, but He's definitely the kind of striker that looks like more off the shoulder. And I think the more we learn that, 
the better we'll, we'll be for it and a bit more goals he will score. But there's some really good listener questions this week, some daft ones, which I am enjoying. So let's keep it in. Um, but I've got a great one from Gary straight off the bat, um, which might come across like a negative one. I get what he's getting at, and I, but I do like the question. It's a philosophical one, admittedly by himself. Do we support Sunderland for financial stability or to help nurture young talent? What is it that makes you love watching the lads? I cannot imagine anyone watches it because we love to stick to because uh, we we want to stick to FFP, and I do kind of get that. Um, it's a tough one to answer, so therefore I will give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> we watch them because the, there is no greater feeling than winning a game or having the hope of winning even promotion or, dare I say, one day in our lifetime. Who knows? You know, we could potentially be halfway through it if we're if we're lucky. Like of winning a major cup it's ultimately I, I think the reason anyone supports a football club is because they want success now what the measure of that success is is, is not really for anyone to to judge uh, certainly from a Sunderland point of view or from my personal point of view winning the Premier League or winning an FA Cup or winning the League Cup is, is probably not one of class's success. But what I would like to do, and the reason that I, I don't necessarily want to go out and spend £20 million on a footballer, but what I do want to do is, as a club, buy players, sign players, whether it's free transfers, loans, millions of pounds, hundreds of Ks, I, I want them to give us the best platform that we can to, to be successful. And obviously this year, we're all hoping for the playoffs. The improvement from last year is, is getting to the final. Um, I mean, even getting the final and getting beat. Jesus, please don't do it. Please don't do it. But that's an improvement on last year. And I'd probably be, I'd probably be content with that. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's... I, certainly from my point of view, I don't... We do have this. It's not a divide. We, we, as a fan base, we've got a lot of strong opinions, haven't we? Where there's a lot of us for a start. There's a lot of big personalities, and I don't like the jumping on with the divide when it's like, oh my god, you want to go out and spend seventeen million on a FFP? Doesn't work. and it's like, listen, you know, nobody's asking for that. But what we are asking for is every chance of success inverted commas that's my new one this week instead of listen it's inverted commas yeah. <laughs> that's about the third time I've used it I understand the, the question to be fair um, and I, I get what he means like I I wouldn't say I don't care about what happens behind the scenes but I do think like I support something because I want to see something win I think ultimately in my opinion will be different to lots of other people's it will be similar to some people and we all with a passionate fan base, what you're going to get is a lot of opinions and occasional opposite ends of opinions. That's just natural. Like, we all clash because we all care. And I think I'd prefer that than people just going, oh, well, that's nice. You know, I'm not going to argue about it. Um, we clash and we have our opinions and disagree with each other sometimes and agree with each other sometimes because we are so passionate. That's just our fan base, which is probably a really good thing about us, um, ultimately. But I think when it comes to Sunderland, I understand 
money platform and what they're trying to do. And I understand other ways they've tried to do it and failed. Um, I think the big thing for me, which I think is really important and it's probably hard, is that we win a game on the weekend or during the week, but also that we're not like lied to or hoodwinked or told something's happening when it's not happening. And I'm not saying they're doing that. I think there's been one or two things that have frustrated me. There's one or two things that have pleased me over the past 18 months, two years. I think for me, ultimately, what I want my football club is to be a representation of our fan base and our city. I think sometimes that's the best I can I can hope for, whether we're achieving that or not. I think sometimes we do. I think sometimes we don't. But um, it's a tough question to answer, to be honest. And everyone will have their own thoughts and opinions on it. One that might be a bit easier to answer. There's a really good one from Chris. Now, I like Chris because he disagrees with me quite often. And that's good. I like a wee challenge. It's good to be challenged. It's good to have someone with a different opinion. That'll still give you the opportunity to speak back. So, Chris Dunn, I appreciate that you sometimes have a different opinion to me. And I like it. Keep that up because it challenges me and challenges us. Um, should Beal be getting more credit for recent results and performances? I'll take that one because I've been quite vocally critical of Bill. I know you have as well, Dave, but I've just given you a really hard question that I don't think any of us really answered. Um, you can't critique Michael Beale for the bad results and then not praise him for the positive ones. So yes, he should. Because ultimately, he's the one that's put the team out. He's the one that's put the team together. And he is the one that has helped the team get that result. So the short answer to Chris's question is yes. The long-winded answer, and maybe slightly shorter version, I suppose, in some ways, actually, is that I feel Beal, Beal Ball is not going to get us ultimately as many of those positive results as what we've had previously, and that's my concern. There's a little bit too many glaring errors or problems within the team since he's come in, such as I don't think... I mean, the last two weeks have been slightly better, but I still don't feel we look as creative. But then on the flip side, you could say he has had three strikers scored since he's come in. I feel we look far too narrow. I feel like the fullbacks look like they can be got at far too easily, and that's both last weeks. I think yesterday, second half, wasn't great. And I think a lot of that was to do with how narrow we were and Borough recognising it. The flip side of that is that we actually probably should have been ahead first half. So there's pros and cons to it. I think ultimately answer the question, yes. Like, because he set the team up to get those results. And if I'm going to critique him when we get beat, you have to praise him when something is positive. But the shorter answer, maybe, I said it was going to be a longer answer, but I think it's actually quite a short answer, is that there's still a few things that concern me. I'm certainly not feeling he's the right man yet, but I hope he does. Like, I hope, you know, in six weeks' time, we'll look at this and go, you know what, actually, this has begun to get to a point where we might not look as exciting, but we're getting results. And ultimately, the big thing for me is results, isn't it? Um, Can I just uh, add on to the end of that? Mm -hmm. There has been comparisons to previous managers, um, one who liked the flip chart and one who 
somehow is managing to, to not get Wrexham top of the league, even though he's got a budget of God knows how much. And my worry comes, and it, it's probably evident and definitely papered over the cracks, as you mentioned earlier, but when your back's against the wall, when you're in the trenches, is he a little bit too measured? Is he a little bit too scientific and and isn't an extension of the football club, which we've spoken about many, many times before? And, okay, he probably's got his attention to detail based on the first half against Borough. Very, very right. Second half, when you need to inspire them and, and kind of get into bars here and go... Come on, Abdullah, can you, you know, can you do something for us? Can you give them can you give them a couple of thousand over there absolutely going mental and supporting you lot? Can we can we get them what they want? And then they come out for the second half and we, you know it, it goes a little bit flat. That is my worry with them. It's it's been my worry since the beginning. And I hope I, I hope exactly the same as you if, if, if the football's not going to be as exciting but the results are there and and we it becomes positive because of the results then that's fine but I do I do share I think the team is becoming his personality it's becoming a little bit calculated a little bit safe a little bit kind of oh yeah I love a cup of tea on a Sunday morning well that's brilliant Michael but I'd rather Kevin Ball went out and smashed someone in the first three minutes of the game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> I think there was another question that I was going to ask actually and saying is, is Beal implementing tactics that are just going to take a while to get used to? And I suppose I come in from a very, it's unfortunate, but it's a lucky standpoint in some ways that I think people know I've, I cover some Scottish football up here and I watch a lot of Scottish football. Um, and I've, covered a few Rangers games and spoke to some players afterwards about their new manager who they've got in charge that replaced uh, Michael Beale. And the worrying thing that I keep hearing back from them, maybe as a Sunderland fan, is that the players will say Clement has made it better because he's simplified stuff. And I've heard that from numerous players in post-match. Um, and I think what you could say with Tony Mowbray, and this definitely had... Um, cons to it which we got frustrated with so I'm not going to be like oh I wish we had that back because it's not it's not there and I complained about this Mowbray was very simple get the ball play nice football have a goal when that didn't work there was no plan B and let's not pretend there was there's not and maybe we need this kind of like more complex plan A plan B plan C that build I'm assuming is trying to implement and different ways of playing we, we asked for that and maybe we should be patient and allow those tactics that he's implementing to come across the flip side of that is that I'm concerned that players from who've previously been managed by him said it has been this new manager has simplified things and maybe it's too over complex and too thought out and the players are like rigid in what they feel like they need to do when previously they've had this kind of free reign I think I'd personally like a little bit of a, a middle ground but I think it's got the point where Beal will at least get the season if not longer, and I think we need to maybe look at the results and at the minute, they're not too bad. So, um, But going to the good, the bad and the hmm, I feel like all those questions we didn't answer. <laughs> it's because I'm so on the fence with everything, but 
Um, my good, my big positive from the day was uh, Rusin scoring again. Um, his whole demeanour, his happiness at him scoring it, his sort of awkwardness at scoring it. But ultimately, another striker scoring a goal. That's that's my good. What's your good, Dave? Um, yeah, Jack Clark. I just, oh. I mean, where would we be without him? <laughs> <laughs> Guess what? That's another question we're not going to answer because it's two ways. Silly question. Um, yeah, I think he's adding a, a dimension to his game. Maybe I've just thought of that. I'm literally ad hoc. But maybe Bale has to take a bit of credit for that because we're now seeing we're now seeing Jack Clark instead of just holding on to the ball and running with it, actually seeing a few passes here and there which are quite intelligent. So maybe that's Mr. Bale. Um yeah, fair player. Brilliant player. I'll give you my bad and my hum because they kind of mix in. The bad is Abdullah missed, one of the worst I've ever seen in my life. Sticky boot through it, smashed the back of the net. And my hum coming from that, I really, really rate Abdullah Bar. And there's a lot of people say Bar's given Roberts a challenge coming back. For me, no. My hum would be, I don't see that. And I think maybe Roberts should be in. But I wouldn't mind Bar in the 10 and resting Job. Dave, what was your bad and your hum? Very quickly, yeah. 40 seconds. 40 still seconds. don't pay for premium premium suits. Still don't. <laughs> um, my bad would probably be Job. I, I just think something needs to freshen up with him. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a rest. I don't know if it's a, a slight change in tactics. But yeah, that's that's my bad. And my hmm. Sam Greenwood. What, what could have been? I, it's just, uh, I mean, he liked. He obviously doesn't like someone that much because he kicked seven bells out of us yesterday. But yeah, that's my hmm. referees. Right, Dave. I don't know if that's been a good show or not. Subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your time.